Caleb, we are staring down the barrel of 2023 coming to a close, which means that, of course, it's time to reflect on trends from this year and years past. Um, so my, my question for you today is, what are some game trends that you want to see for 2024? That's a great question because I will say that this year of gaming has under-delivered in the like, mini-game department. Mm. I kind of think every game should have a Mario Party mini-game conflict resolution option. So like instead of fighting in Baldur's Gate, mm-hmm. it's just a mini game with your characters. Like you have to you have to try and wrap the rope around the mind flayer and whoever <laughs> can do it fastest. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that would probably be my my pitch for like game trends. Or alternatively, I am very much pro turning every game into like a gotcha game. Oh, of course, yeah. Which which I think is good for the business of gaming overall. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate, game of the year, or so they say. Yeah. Not enough exploitative elements. Not enough like, oh my god, you collected mm-hmm. the extremely rare Carlac card, and now Carlac can join you. Like the, the You have to spend seven more Baldur points in order to get the Carlac card, but to earn your Baldur points, you have to be buying gate bucks. Sonic needs your help. Please send the last four digits of your parents' <laughs> credit card. Like, that's what I think every game should kind of be trying to uh-huh. get you to do. You know, the mini games idea makes me think about the fact that uh, Wario, gaming's yeah. arch nemesis. <laughs> the arch ne- Wait, the arch nemesis of gaming? Wait, is that true? Wario is the arch nemesis of all gaming? It's true. Yeah, Joe Biden said it in the most recent announcement. Presidential address. America, we're declaring war on Wario. Biden's losing it too. He clearly he doesn't know the first thing about gaming, but he someone told him to say that and he's saying it. As somebody who regularly plays Lethal Company with Joe Biden, how about you shut it? Okay, that's I didn't know that about <laughs> you and Joe. Yeah, we me and Joseph are good buddies. Is he is he any good? He's great. He's the core of our community. Wow, that's crazy. I know. I, I aspire to be... As good at Lethal Company as Joe Biden. But Wario <laughs> yeah. is all about micro games. So I'd love to see Wario just kind of like malwaring his way into other games. Mm-hmm. Like with kind of like a surprise non-optional DLC where he twists them into his like his demonic micro games dimension. Yeah, you know? that's good. That's good. Uh-huh. Like here I'm playing Tetris. Uh-oh, you're not playing Tetris actually. Because you have to kiss all of the little Tetris pieces now in order to make them go down. <laughs> I love the idea of a game like Baldur's Gate where everything is very strategic and like mechanically dense. Mm-hmm. And every like 30 to 40 in-game minutes, you suddenly get whisked away <laughs> to essentially what amounts to a, a super fast uh-huh. time trial. So like once it's... every 20 rolls of the D20 you get whisked away to Wario's little demon world where you have to like uh-huh. blow into your computer's microphone to blow up a balloon <laughs> dump your your PC upside down. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They mail you a bop it. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Would that get you into strategy games? There should be a feeling in which this type of game infects every other kind of game. It's like, (laughs) I think it's the year 2030 and it's like an apocalypse. And the reason is because like the Wario singularity has taken over most technology. You can't use a phone. You can't use a bank ATM. You can't use voting machines without micro games. And the population is oppressed (laughs) under the steely gaze of Wario. And his tyrant brother. If you think about it this way, though, it would be an excellent way of pushing boomers out of the economy early. (laughs) If you can't micro game, then you really can't commerce anymore. I would like to just say the game trend I would like to see next year is uh, the game Pseudo Regalia introduced an accessibility option unlike any other. An option to add or remove pants. (laughs) So I would really like to see 2024 be the year of the pants toggle. Pseudo Regalia... You know, Baldur's Gate 3 won Game of the Year, but uh, Pseudo-Regalia won... Ass of the Year.
Hello and welcome to Hey We Fixed Your Game. This is a show where we take great games and completely reimagine them with our dumb ideas. I'm Dwight and my pants toggle is set to false. I'm Caleb and fishing in real life turns out is way harder than any of the micro games I've played this year. <laughs> and today, you know, it's the end of the year or probably when it's published, it's the beginning of next year. It's typical for publications and podcasts alike to be publishing game of the year lists. It is the season for us to all share unsolicited opinions about what we think is good or not. Yeah. And us having egos of an immense size, we weren't about to be left out of the party of getting to make sure everybody knows exactly what we think about video games. What's the point of having a massive ego if you're not going to do a podcast about it? And conversely, what's the point of having a podcast unless you have a massive ego? Yeah. Right. The two correlate beautifully. Like if, if the fact that we started a podcast as two white men, mortal mm-hmm. sin. Do not follow in our <laughs> footsteps. Yeah. And please don't listen. Uh, very important. <laughs> but I think that the important thing is that anybody can come out here and make a goatee list or make a goatee podcast, you know, figure out what the game of the year is. But the truth is that most people, I think, are approaching it from the wrong direction. They're trying to discover which existing game is the game of the year instead of last minute, the very end of the year, creating a pitch for like what truly deserves to be the game of the year. Mm-hmm. Creating out of thin air, birthing the writhing fetus of a perfect, unblemished game. Because here's the thing with each year in the gaming sphere. They're, they tend to just kind of be the same year to year, you know? Like, it gets mundane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, game of the year last year, Spider-Man. Game of the year this year. Oh, could it be Spider-Man 2? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> what needs uh-huh. to happen is every year needs to actively lump all of their games together into a monstrosity so that year by year we're getting progressively more inbred. <laughs> so we, we're here to, to condone... And kind of set up some gaming incest in that all of these gaming siblings, we're here to breed them. Me and Caleb have both prepared a, a three title list, our tight three of what we think are like the three games that resonated most with us from the year, our top threes. And then from those lists, after we present them, we're going to choose three games that we feel like a good list of ingredients for our specific special soup that we are brewing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, And from that soup, we will recite some sort of incantation and draw within its depths to reach out with uh, the screaming baby of, man, our imagery is so gross this episode. Well, it's troubling. Dredge Dredge came out this year, and (laughs) I think that's part of it. And we came out this year as nasty little boys. I think that uh, it's only fitting that as we try to create the game chimera of the year, we use imagery that is befitting a disturbing gross year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So to make it crystal clear, listener, we are going to be choosing three games from this year and combining them. So we're going to pick three games that we think, I don't know if we think they're the best games of the year, but we think they're some of the best and that they would create an interesting cocktail. We're going to shake them up together and see what comes out. Yeah. This list is completely objective in its subjectivity. So Mm -hmm. these are games that we have played. These are games that we like. Not necessarily, we didn't play all of the top games this year because who has yeah. the time? Uh, we actually go outside and touch grass. Do I even has a wife? So Yeah, I touch wife. You do, Yeah. But I think it's time for us to just hop right into it. Yeah, let's jump in. Want to share? I've got my type three. Are we going bottom up or top down? Uh, bottom up. Bottom up. Okay, sounds good. Number three, game of the year, I think Pizza Tower. Ooh, Pizza Tower. Yeah. Caleb. Yep. Good pick. Yep. Yep. Nice. Pizza Tower. And I'll tell you exactly why. What little of the Game Awards I watched, mm-hmm. they they called out, the, the person from the stage said, and uh, the Pizza Tower people are here. They like it pointed into the crowd and uh-huh. the camera pans yeah. to the Pizza Tower people and they're just sitting there like normal ass people <laughs> where one person is just wearing armor. A couple of rows down. <laughs> of course, the team behind Pizza Towers here too. And they're just sitting there like normal people, and the whole world treats it like a bit. Mm-hmm. Like Pizza Tower is the gaming bit. It's just a big bit. Uh huh. And that's, I believe, the spirit of gaming condensed, distilled into its pure and raw <laughs> elements. And then, like Pizza uh-huh. Tower is a is is a work of love and passion. 
that mm. is truly where I hope the internet and the gaming community and gaming goes in the future. You know what I mean? Like it's hard for me to I put totally into words. It. Yeah. It's hard for me to put into the words how my spirit resonated with Pizza Tower. Like <laughs> mechanics aside, length aside, it's kind of short. Challenge aside, it's it's not particularly hard. I would say it's challenging mechanically. Mm-hmm. It's super satisfying mechanically. It's not particularly hard, but like mm-hmm. the ethos of Pizza Tower needs to be plastered everywhere and hailed as a master. Like I will scream Pizza Tower's name from the the tallest mountain. Caleb, you have such religious fervor for Pizza Tower. I I'm with you. My experience with Pizza Tower this this year goes as far as just hearing a lot of people talk about it and listening through the full soundtrack. So you saying this is really making me think I need to add it to my 2024 catch-up list. As there are many great 2023 games that I just didn't, didn't get to this year. So uh, Dwight, you don't put ketchup anywhere near pizza. My number three favorite game of the year. Once again, this is not objective. This is subjective. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, Baldur's Gate 3 made it to the bottom of your list. Okay. It did. I mean, so it beat out Tears of the Kingdom just barely for me. Mm -hmm. So Tears of the Kingdom, not even on my list. Uh, Both of these games felt like FOMO games in that unless you had a lot of hours to spend towards them, you just had a complex about like, I didn't get nearly as far in Baldur's Gate as all my friends did. And Mm -hmm. they were all seeing all this cool stuff. And I was just too busy. I didn't have like a spare hundred hours to give to a game like yeah. I was a busy little bee this year. Uh, so what I played of it was magical. It was all consuming. It was like, I, I think it's such a feat when you can have writing so good that it doesn't draw attention to itself. It yeah. just feels like people talking. Especially a game that has narration as much as this game does. Yeah. And like this, they succeeded so hard at that. Like, yeah. And it's not only like the two elements of narrative, like the sentences are good, but then also like the overall plot is great as well. So like I I can't say anything about Baldur's Gate that hasn't already been said. I felt like it was so similar to Tears of the Kingdom in so many ways, just in its scope and its quality. But the thing that pushed Baldur's Gate over the edge for me is the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. being able to play this one with friends. I mean, playing it with you, Caleb, playing it with my D and D group. Truly, some of my most enjoyable gaming memories of the year came from screwing around in Baldur's Gate. 3 easily, easily, easily. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'll just jump right ahead to my number two, which is also Baldur's Gate. Hey. Yeah, so Baldur's Gate beat out Pizza Tower for me because, like, realistically, Pizza Tower should probably stay niche. You know, if in order to preserve mm. the spirit of Pizza Tower, realistically, it's going to stay niche. It's a form of internet mm-hmm. humor that, you know, as soon as it becomes mainstream, it stops being funny, right? It's like the Gen Alpha yeah. nonsense. The spirit of Baldur's Gate is pure and represents to me what gaming should have achieved at this point, which is Mm -hmm. sweeping multiplayer, deep, deep, complicated open world mechanics, Mm -hmm. and no microtransactions. Uh, Despite what the intro said, there are no Karlak coins or gate bucks. (laughs) It is a game that exists because the the, the developers love the material and were endlessly inspired by it like that game is that size because the development team loves D and they mm-hmm. wanted to create an experience that brings the other people who love D, bring their their whole imagination of what the game is and what they believe into life and they did it so mm-hmm. well it's hard to overstate the cultural impact that it had too yes and it's like this mythic unicorn of gaming where they're like no microtransactions? Uh-huh. You're not you're not going to waypoints and unlocking crafting materials? It feels like it pairs well with Pizza Tower in that Pizza Tower is kind of like a winnowing of gaming to like creating a subgroup of gamers who have this specific set of nostalgia, who like this gameplay, who find this funny. Whereas Baldur's Gate 3, much like Elden Ring, is somehow like expanding like making the world of gaming bigger by bringing in more people and introducing a level of possibilities that a lot of people just wouldn't think could have been possible of a team this size and a game this size uh, to be executed so well. Um, Amen. Amen. And a thousand times amen. (laughs) Every aspect of Baldur's Gate is perfect, in my opinion. I think like the only complaints i could put against it is like i'm a big melodic soundtrack guy so Mm -hmm. to my tastes i wish there had been more like final fantasy 7 level like themes for characters but like 
that's my taste. And it's not like the music was bad by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, I, I, and then yeah. just like a deeply systemic game. It's hard to always gauge exactly what the result of your actions will be. Yeah. And that's nine times out of 10, a good thing. But one times out of 10, a really frustrating thing. Yeah. So there were times where I would just like try to explore and it just like something happened a way that didn't seem natural. Mm-hmm. But all of that is moot. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 amazing game i don't think there's any serious critiques really not really that you could I, lay at its feet my critiques are mostly again like to taste it yeah. is an extremely daunting game and like you said at the beginning i just mm-hmm. don't feel like i have a hundred hours to spend in the campaign yeah it's tough like i, I want to play when i sit down to play i want to play for like 20 hours straight right mm-hmm. i want to get fully immersed in the world and it's not I would say an approachable game for that reason. It, when we're asking ourselves like which games, which game do I feel like I am the champion of it? I get it. I am part of the in-group for mm-hmm. this game. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved my experience with Baldur's Gate, I'm always going to feel a little bit like an outsider pounding at the gates uh, just because my life and circumstances this year did not allow for me to play a game yeah. this size. The amount of time I wanted to. Like the exact season where this came out where I was motivated to play it was also the season i was gearing up to publish the demo of my game for steam next fest and was working out of my gourd on that yeah so it was just like bad luck bud you know yeah it's just how the cards fell if we had found if we had found this game at the beginning of our unemployment <laughs> it would have been really bad that's true man passing ships uh passing maybe ships. it's good that we i uh, think maybe it is that we saw what we saw i saw like some great stuff in act one and you know what i think i will come back to this game and maybe finish it next year. Oh, I 100% will. I think I'm going to have more time for gaming next year than this, hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. All right, I'm ready to share my number two. Yep, number two. Hit it. I already alluded to this game in the intro. Pseudo Regalia is my number two game of the year. Really? I know. It's probably shocking, and I was shocked by it. That's wild, White. That's crazy. When I first put together my list of my favorite gaming experiences of the year, Pseudo Regalia is at the very bottom of it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought about like, what games do I feel like I get it? It was made for me. It's something that I resonated with. And like the time I spent with it was time of like enjoyment. And to be honest, when I think back about Pseudo Regalia, every part of that game was great. When I think of the length was what it was, I don't actually have a problem with the three hour game. So long as it's three hours I enjoyed. Yeah. And when it comes to like the bliss I felt playing that game, I think it's the most fun I've had playing a game this year, or at least like I, it might, it might be the most fun three hours of gaming I had this year. If we're being fully honest, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed hearing you talk about it. Yeah. And like, it's an easy game to recommend because it's cheap and it's short. It really did hit nostalgia for me because I did grow up playing a lot of really old school yeah. types of 3D platformers. I love 3D platformers, but then it innovated with that. It had the best 3D platforming controls I've ever had. I'm not much of a furry, but this game could really convince a guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all I'm saying is my pants toggle didn't work, so I got the pantsless experience. Yeah, and you learned to love it. You learned to love it. Uh, and also when it comes to feeling like an in-group, like you got a game. This one feels like this game was made for me. I understand it. I played the whole thing. I saw it. I was mm-hmm. good at it. Mm-hmm. I recommended it to others. I like got to spread it. And it just feels very personal to me. Like this yeah. is a game that was so niche and I got in on it. Pseudoregalia, my number two game of the year. Yeah. I think that echoes with my Pizza Tower review where like we each discovered a little tiny chunk of the gaming world that mm-hmm. we fell in love with for the spirit of it. Yeah. Like, I think were we to have played many of the other AAA games and, like, really had no life diving into every game like game reviewers, mm-hmm. like we purport to be, yeah, uh, <laughs> the, you know, Pseudo Regalia wouldn't have made that list. But thank God for the fact that we're not those people because we can... We're, we're forced by our circumstances to seek out these little corners of gaming that we can nibble at. And... Right now in the industry, the eating is good. It's so good. And it really is a testament to a year like this. Uh, The thing that I've heard talked about a lot is that, like, there's probably seven games this year that easily could have been game of the year any other year. This is a good a la carte year. 
you don't have to play everything. So this is a good year to come eat what you're hungry for. Yeah. And I think that these lists are expressive of that, you know? Yeah. These lists also range all the way from AAA massive game like Baldur's Gate 3 to tiny little three hour games like Pseudo Regalia. And both of those are as valuable as each other. Caleb, your first two games are so hot. I can't imagine how you're going to top it. Easy. With Easy. your number one game of the year. Easy. I feel like everyone's on board with me on this one too. Uh, and I think it might be your number one as well. <laughs> Lethal Company. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes. 100% yes. Oh, wow. Oh, that's not mine. Oh, okay. I really thought it was going to be. I didn't play enough of it for it to really feel like... I've been playing it a lot. I, I played it with coworkers and it kind of felt like an extension of my work yeah <laughs> which yeah. i think skewed my uh understanding but go ahead go off tell me about it it came in right at the so you know early access release in october so it, it's mm. been kind of it snuck in under the radar of game of the year independent developer one person made this game and it is exploding right now like if you go on youtube videos all over my suggested page are just like lethal company encounters because it's mm -hmm. such a cinematic game. First of all, like it it evokes Scooby Doo in the fact that it's <laughs> it's it's a funny show disguised as a scary show, right? Like Yeah. And it is scary. Like there's something inherently spooky and liminal about walking into the the facility, right? Spinning fan, lights, the mood is all evoked. There's a, you know, there's a very backroomsy kind of feeling to it. Totally. Um, it's familiar, but it's not familiar. And there are these creatures that are, again, familiar, but not familiar. It's scary. But the fact that it's designed to be played with proximity chat, four friends, super simple premise. Run in, grab things, run mm -hmm. out. Those three things combined, paired with, you can play as much or as little as you want. Mm -hmm. You can play each round lasts around 20 minutes and you can take a break after that. You land on a planet and by, you know, 20 minutes later, 15 minutes later, you're out of there, whether you live or die. It's brilliant. It brings people together. The game I would compare it to is kind of like Phasmophobia, right? Yeah. Where yeah. you go in and you have to try and solve this ghost thing. Lethal Company is more comedy than scary, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. So it was developed by Zekers, who's just one person, and they previously worked on Roblox. So huh. it's got kind of that slapsticky Robloxy kind of feeling to it. The the spirit of that very much translates to Lethal Company, and if everything goes as planned, this is a masterpiece of a social game. I've already bought it yeah. for several people just because I want to play more. <laughs> I'm dying to play with you, Dwight. I know. I next year, hopefully. Next year, it's bridged the gap in my friend groups. Like I, my friends that are are totally separate but both gamers i uh, have combined have met in the game mm -hmm. and we've had a great time sorry have you downloaded the more company mod that lets you play with eight players oh yeah oh yeah yes okay. good, of good, course good. i'm i'm trying to get as many people as i can on board <laughs> this is a masterpiece game i i truly believe that this is a sneaky little masterpiece that everyone's under undervaluing i don't even know where it's going next like it seems like the updates so far have been very promising and it's in early access, so like this could go anywhere. I think it's heading in a great direction, from what I can tell. So, man, I I think this is a great, like a seriously great pick. And if I had played it a bit more or in different circumstances, I think it would have probably climbed my ranks too. This is just like a really fun way to spend time with people in your life. It is, yeah, and it's man, and it's approachable too. Like, yes, definitely. Baldur's Gate, you you bring a friend in. And you're gonna, you know, you have there's lore for you to understand, there's mechanics for you to learn. Lethal Company, me and my friends who aren't really super gamers figured it out in a couple minutes and we want to play more. Yeah. And if you don't know what's going on, it's better. It's like, better. It's that's better part of the joy if you don't of the game. Know. I love this yeah. game, dude. I love this game. <laughs> like any any game that can deliver that is really uh -huh. something special and is headed in a great direction because it's early access. There's certain games that you feel like you hear from the top down, like you see a trailer at the Game Awards and you read articles about it. Mm -hmm. but there are other games that are true word of mouth games. Mm -hmm. And this is one where it was just like, it felt like it was gunning me down. And probably you felt the same way. Exactly, like, I did. You had no idea what it was. And then suddenly you've heard like seven different people talk to you about it in different contexts. And you're like, I guess I got to do this thing. Anyways, at, at risk of talking too much about Legal Company, I think we can just say 
great pick great game amen yeah i i i fully (laughs) believe this come at me if you don't agree with me i would love to hear your thoughts on why lethal company actually sucks because you're wrong and i feel like this game is an extremely easy one to defend uh well i do have a different game of the year number one let's hear it my number one game of the year i don't know if this is cheating or not because it's not a traditional game in the sense that the others have been but my number one game of the year is a little game called Puzmo. Puzmo? That's Puzmo. cheating, but it's so not. It's not. I really do feel like it's, I don't know what else to call it. It's a game. Listener, if you're not familiar, Puzmo is a website, a browser-based game. Zach Gage and Orta Ferox came together. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that name correctly. And they said, hey, let's take crosswords and let's take a bunch of other goofy word-based spelling-based uh logic-based mini games that we have developed over the years and put them into one central puzzle hub where every single day you are served up like 10 brand new puzzles that all fit within the same formats and then you basically just play them and see how quickly you can complete them or how well you can complete them they had like a twig with a cardboard box and a string attached to it and a plate under that cardboard box that said puzzles. And I like dove head first and now I'm, they dragged me into their van. Yeah. And you paid for the, you, you paid for the um, forever I subscription. I paid for the forever subscription. I'm on my way to the second location. You're never going to hear from me again. Sounds good. This game absolutely like captured me in the biggest way. Um, yeah. I'm a huge, like from the games I'm making to the games I enjoy. I am a puzzle gamer. That mm-hmm. is my whole deal. Mm-hmm. And I especially love puzzle games that like know what they're about and that just like cut out the BS and give you like cut to the chase. Yeah. Like make my brain go. So I'm not even good at most of the Puzmo games. I don't no. even play half of them most days, but there are some of these games on Puzmo that like basically I play for five minutes or an hour or two hours every day. And it just is the perfect way to pass time and fill up the cracks in a day. You're competing globally. Um, You can see how you rank up against other people. So there's this kind of constant incentive to improve. Dwight was kind enough to share his permanent um, forever subscription with me. So I've been, I've been diligently doing the crossword every day and it takes a lot to get Caleb to do crosswords. I'm not good at them. (laughs) And for the longest time, did not think I liked crosswords, but I've gotten so much better with crosswords, and mm-hmm. I love bad chess. Bad chess is super fun, very hard, <laughs> is not helping me get better at chess, but I really like it. <laughs> really bad chess, listener, is chess, but your pieces are randomized, so you'll get like five queens and a bunch of bishops, and it's just kind of like chess chaos, and you have like a, a like an objectively better loadout than your enemy, and it's just how fast can you checkmate. Yeah, uh, I'm which terrible is... at it because I don't know how to chess. Oh man, I get blasted almost every single time because I suck. Shotgun, like rapid fire, list of great things about Puzmo. Mm-hmm. It's completely free. If you pay for it, you're basically not getting that much for the subscription. No. You're getting access to some experimental games and to being able to like actually track your score. So far, they've released two experimental games since I started playing, and they are like no joke my two favorite games in Puzmo. And have gotten better over time. Yeah. So WordBind and CubeClear are... Uh, WordBind is like, they give you two words. And you're supposed to like find hidden words within those words by choosing, like cherry picking letters from within them. But you can only go from left to right. And then CubeClear is just Spell Tower. Instead of like getting points based upon how elaborate your words are, you're just trying to like clear out every single letter within a small cube yeah which is the which was the cool part of spell tower to yeah me anyway it's the fun part of spell tower exactly yeah. spell tower is is so daunting looking at a massive wall of letters and being like oh yeah. my gosh it's too many letters i never play spell tower these days i just once they introduce cube clear i'm like oh i'm never playing spell tower again yeah yeah anyways we've gushed too much once again let's repeat our lists yep. of our top three games of the year all right so, Caleb, you first. Third place, Pizza Tower. Second place, Baldur's Gate. First place, Lethal Company. And for me, third place, Baldur's Gate 3. Second place, Pseudoregalia. First place, Posmo. Great. I was a little afraid that we were going to have very similar lists, but I'm so glad that we don't. 
Well, I think when it comes to the next step, which is to choose three games to fuse Mm -hmm. into our game Chimera, I think the first pick is easy because we both put down Baldur's Gate 3. So I think we should throw a little Baldur's Gate 3, sprinkle some into that big cauldron. I I do truly believe that every game should be more like Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Have the same, at least have the same approach to like monetization as Baldur's Gate 3. So our recipe card starts with three tablespoons of Baldur's Gate 3. I would say more like a cup and a half of Baldur's Gate 3. So looking at our games, I feel like Pseudo Regalia and Pizza Tower are very similar in spirit. Yes. Yeah, I would say I would say so as well. Lethal Company is very singular and Puzmo is very singular mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of leaning, what if we went Baldur's Gate, Lethal Company, Puzmo? for our three that's a good i like that i I think i would approve of that (laughs) i would like that too yeah yeah i like it we can send our love to pseudoregalia and pizza tower because truly like adding any of those elements to the game would i think like those games are so distinct in that they have like a lot of aesthetic personality but yeah the three games we picked have a lot of mechanical it's true it's true it's true and also pizza tower and pseudoregalia are kind of similar in that they're platforming games yeah so we'll we'll wave as our boat leaves the harbor we'll wave tear-filled goodbyes to them as we drive into the sinkhole which will combine these games i want to sincerely apologize to pizza tower because i uh, you know i'm kicking and screaming on the ship as we depart (laughs) yeah caleb was brought here under the impression that pizza tower was coming along uh and by the time he realized it, it was too late i would like to say before we so we're gonna take a break and we're going to come back and combine these games. But before we do that, let's leave a space for um, if there are honorable mentions, either like yeah. games that we played yeah. and enjoyed but didn't make it, or if there are games that we haven't played yet that came out this year that we're excited to play next year. I just want to say, and I think you'll agree with me here, Tears of the Kingdom, you, you did it. You were a great game. Congratulations. <laughs> you are distinct enough from your predecessor that it mattered. No, I think Tears of the Kingdom, so much of what was great about it was already great about Breath of the Wild. So I don't feel too guilty about leaving it out in the cold. It was my number four, though. Another game that I really wish could have been my game of the year, I think it was a hop, skip, and jump away, was Chance of Sonar. Man, that game was Dwight Bait, if there's ever been Dwight yeah, Bait. Yeah, no, for me, yeah, for um, real. I, I'm Chance of Sonar very nearly made my list just because I, I love the spirit so much. And like so much was good about that game. And when it was at its best, it probably was the most fun I had yeah. with a game this year. Yeah. But it's kind of like when you burn half your popcorn. Yeah. So then you're cherry picking out all of the good pieces of popcorn and then your final bites are just this bitter burnt mess. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about Chance of Sonar. I just really did not, really did not care for the ending of it. Yeah. I just didn't think they stuck yeah. the landing in my opinion. The thing that was fun about the game completely cut out for the last hour and I feel like I'm on crazy pills because I haven't heard anybody else level the same complaint against it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, am I the one who's high, as I said before, or is everybody else? <laughs> it's tough because the thing with Chance of Sonar, like I didn't have the same vitriolic disappointment at the ending that you did. Like I was like, huh, <laughs> this is definitely not good, but like I get it. I get the message that they're trying to go for, unity. I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. unity in the face of a technological threat totally mm-hmm. like that's a that's an ideology i can get behind the thing yeah. that frustrated me about it was um unrealized potential yes they could have taken it so much further and instead they just kind of copped out on the mechanics at the end it felt like they didn't i mean like a lot of game developers are out here trying their best facing down unmovable deadlines difficult like budgets and um setbacks so like i still think these are Genius developers who, if they had infinite time and money, probably would have made a perfect game. I do sincerely hope that Chance of Sinar gets another go or like a sequel uh, or, or yeah. anything. DLC, please. DLC, please. Give it the case of the Golden Idol treatment. I want as many DLC as I can pack yes. in to that little game. Oh my gosh. I'm so with you there. I'd buy them all. I'd Like two languages per pack, $15 a pop, <laughs> no problem. I'm there. Uh, well, Caleb, the next time I see you, on the other end of this break we'll be co-parenting a monstrosity yeah we're gonna <laughs> it's gonna be like a flower baby but instead it will be like a, a ps1 controller in swaddling clothes laid in a manger <laughs> it's gonna be a cabbage patch kid except it's, a cabbage um, patch kids with with a rude teenager gamer shirt on yeah yeah <laughs> yep 
<laughs> the like don't don't come in i'm gaming shirt yeah <laughs> don't talk to me till i've had my gaming our child is gonna be horrifying uh, but it will be the champion the ultimate game of the year it'll be 2023 the game 2024 is gonna be quivering in its boots <laughs> Under the shadow of our monstrosity. Kaiju monstrosity that we're going to create. <laughs> well then, let's take a break and get to it. Caleb, we return from our break, and I have my latex gloves on. Gross. And yeah, I'm just going to stop there. So let's let's hit it hard. Let's just like jump right into it. Uh, I'm going to hit you with a pitch. You ready? Let's go. What if this was a game where you're stuck on an alien planet in a spaceship, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, or you're like touring between alien planets, but instead of with your real life friends using dynamic voice chat, yeah. instead you're hanging out with um, fully voiced, beautiful, sexy found family who wants to sex you so hard. They want to sex you really, really bad. Yeah. They're horny. They're mm-hmm. just like, um, they're wild. They're ready to like get on those bunk beds, you know? <laughs> they want to take you to pound town on, the, on one of those four bunk beds. <laughs> they want to push you up against the console. They want to push you up against the clothes rack. They want to get you into the storage co- container. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want to turn off the light switch. <laughs> and turn it back on. And then turn it back they off. They want to push and... the, that one gear shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want to do that a bunch of times. <laughs> and then they want to push your gear shift. But uh, the way that you can really win them over, they all kind of start off lukewarm to you. But what really gets some feel in it is when you impress them with your logic and literacy skills. <laughs> <laughs> when you can clear Spell Tower with a high score, <laughs> Gale feels a certain way about that, you know? <laughs> I hesitate to say it. I'm going to say it. It's funny. It's a little bit like those really bad like hentai games that are just uh-huh. like they gate the 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 pornography of it behind uh-huh. the the fact that you have to play a mundane little stupid game. It's exactly like it's that. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's that's the sense I get. So, okay. Yeah. What do you do once you get off the ship? And this is rhetorical for you cuz uh-huh. I'm going to answer it. Absolutely the best part of Baldur's Gate, the sexy horniness mm-hmm. is there. Yes. You're like your 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 three other companions, fully voiced NPCs. Mm-hmm. And in your travels, of course, you can discover others and you have to choose which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to save. Of course. You might find one inside a facility. Right. Uh it's all very dystopian and very sci-fi spaceship kind of mass effecty. Uh-huh. Kind of love triangles, capitalist core, capitalist core, a little spooky, little little eerie. Once you get out of your ship, and once you go to accomplish the missions, the 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 planets are like sprawling, like empty metropolis type cities. Okay, and as you're walking through, you you're tasked with recovering different artifacts from mm-hmm. uh like symbols and artifacts from long lost yore. Baldur's Gate is rife with lore as mm-hmm. is um Lethal Company where there's just a just kind of a lack of clarity. Mm-hmm. It's opaque. It's opaque. And also I want to introduce a word puzzle element in here. So there mm-hmm. are these cultural artifacts that you're recovering, the strange text and symbols and you're trying to puzzle together what these texts and symbols represent. But you have to figure it out quickly, though, because the populace of these abandoned cities have fallen to ruin, infected by a mysterious virus. Uh, I want to yeah. make a typing of the dead-like game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the populace is running at you, swarming you, uh-huh. much like combat in Baldur's Gate 3. But in order to dispatch them, each of your companions has a different Puzmo-esque mm-hmm. magical skill tree ability where they're mm-hmm. taking the relics that you recover and spinning them like runes, mm-hmm. combining them in different shapes and word-like associations to obliterate your foes. Yeah. Since one of your, your three companions is a bad chess type. Uh-huh. They have the bad chess gun. Like, the bad chess staff. Yeah, yeah, yep. And they're blasting, uh, like, chess pieces, like, alien chess pieces out at the foes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, each foe that's approaching you, you have to solve a quick little Mm -hmm. checkmate. Yes. 
so like Gail's got the the chess wand, but then over here you brought Lizelle, and Lizelle has the flip art. Yep. And you're like flipping all these little colors around. You got it. Yeah, that's that's Lizelle's personality to a T. She loves those pretty colors. Yeah, and I do get kind of a Lizelle-ishness to me when I go ham on those flip arts. I'm regularly like top fifty in the world on flip art. Just that's so you crazy, know. man. Yeah, that's wild because I I'm good at it. How do you? How are you good at that game? How do you be good at that game? I channel my inner Lazelle, and I call the game a geek a couple times in a row. I get out my swords, and then I just, I do it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Is it just tapping really quickly? Is that the solution? Well, I do have like a, I do have a, a shape awareness tadpole kind of oh, perk okay. that I unlocked. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I like the idea that maybe like the HUD shows all four of these puzzles mm-hmm. like on screen at once, Plants vs. Zombies style. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Like you see these zombies getting closer to you, and you have to like solve the puzzle in time. Uh, so you're like trying to solve like four puzzles just bit by bit. Each yeah, so yeah. That you can, which yeah, which incentivizes you i mean it's it can be done and i think when you're playing solo it slows the game down a little bit for you and it makes a little bit more possible but it incentivizes you to bring other players in with you Mm -hmm. and so you know if you if you suck at bad chess like both Mm -hmm. of us do we have to bring in my buddy cole who's excellent at bad chess and i gotta be like cole please help me out you have some party members who are npcs but some who are actual multiplayer well it's it's like Baldur's gate where you can jump oh, in yeah. you can replace them mm-hmm. yeah you can replace them same abilities same everything you can even make a blend of your own mm-hmm. you could figure out your own kind of puzzle interests here's what i'm thinking we've kind of re so instead of having puzzles be what you're using to win over the hearts of your teammates mm-hmm. the puzzles i think are even a better fit for this kind of like warrior wear micro game panic attack gameplay that we have devised yeah try to try to win chess while also solving a crossword (laughs) right yeah so i think that's that's infinitely better so how about this so whether it's with the npcs or with your friends from real life they are your party members they're all hot they want to sex so bad yep but um the way that you win over their hearts and you unlock those like more romantic moments is that the game has dynamic voice chat that's being run through one of those chat gpts Oh, yeah. One of them newfangled chat GPTs. Based upon the it's like reading of the words you're saying, it can tell how like what your relationship's like. So like if you're being really supportive to your friend, then it's like, oh, yeah, they like each other. But if you're being really supportive to your friend, then the game actually forces you to start dating in real life is the thing. Yeah, yeah. I like that because, you know, this is this is basically turning the entire game into a dating sim for real life. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And that's really what uh, there was no way that we were going to do that <laughs> in our ultimate game of the year. It'd be like Dwight and Caleb. How'd you guys end up together? And it's like, ah, oh, man. We don't know. Like, I don't really like him. I was happily married, but we played this game, and uh, one of the side effects of it was it forced us to start dating. So here we are. The, the marriage contract auto connected to my printer, and, and <laughs> it was it was crazy. My shredder started hopping across my house. It's just like um, it's like in uh the first episode we made this year, Fortnite, how Aww. we said it should connect to your smart home. It's like yeah. that. MC Ride took control of my house's shredder and ate my marriage certificate. <laughs> I mean, who am I to deny the the vows of the Digi Priest? Like, uh, exactly. It's a forced cutscene where you get married to your friend. You know, I'm always looking for love, and you happily married. I think you really need to come down to my level, and um, <laughs> that would really solve a lot of my problems. Uh, in the same way, we need to even out the economy by making the rich poorer and the poor richer, we need to even out like the social romantic economy of making the happy ones a little bit miserable and the miserable ones a little bit happier. By forcing yeah. the, the people who are happily married to marry uh, random people online. Exactly. Yeah, you get in like a random lobby and you're like, shoot, I better not say anything nice to any of these people or yeah. GPT is going to make them smooch them. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, one of those games that does encourage you to be kind of toxic in an ironic way. You know? Right. The game is like that one person in the office who's always like catches you at lunch and you're like, so Cheryl and Bob, this game is toxic and I love it. 
So in short, we got like the world, the lore, and the hotness, uh, like the the sheer sexiness of Baldur's yeah. Gate Three. We've got the the dynamic voice chat and kind of like the multiplayer elements, the scavenging, yeah, of um, Lethal Company, and then we have the the manic puzzle solving, brain stretching panic that is Puzmo, uh, and they're all married together into one perfect little baby i think i i kind of like the idea of combining actually puzmo and lethal company kind of work well together because i've always felt like the shortcoming of lethal company i think one of them is that Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard outside of monetary value there's not much reason like why are you collecting these random bits and bobs you know unclear not a very motivating Mm -hmm. gameplay loop i think collecting bits and bobs that contribute to a larger puzzle would actually mm. be really cool, right? They're big Scrabble letters or Yeah, chess exactly. Pieces. Yeah, that's what I'm uh-huh. thinking. Like, like in yeah. order to upgrade your abilities and in order to succeed better at the bad chess element of mm-hmm. the combat, you need to scavenge a couple queens. You're being chased down by the boss and you're about to spell like varicosity or something. Mm-hmm. And like absolutely wreck its shit but then you realize you're missing an s you have to run away go find an s in order Mm -hmm. to like complete this combat yeah yeah how how interesting would that be right and then in the meantime all of your companions are going please fuck me i'm begging you please i'm so horny (laughs) and you have Uh to kind of deal with that element too you know all because you were just nice to them once this is like this would definitely the way this is going scratch the modern sensory itch of like it's basically like having subway surfers playing in the bottom half of your video at Uh all times because there's always four puzzles on the screen there's always Uh creatures running at you you're always looking on the on the map for scavenged Uh puzzle materials it's basically like you're playing three really complicated games all at once and mm-hmm. this is going to solve the attention deficit crisis i think you just solved the mar- the marketing thing because like i was wondering who's this game for and i think it is for horny literature professors with adhd yeah yep yep pubescent <laughs> uh history buffs <laughs> yeah who are who are just so they, those hormones are raging fans of ayn rand at the age of 12 <laughs> Do you think that Irand fans and uh, Crossword fans have a pretty significant overlap? Because <laughs> I think so. I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Someone go do that study. Someone intellectual in the audience, please do that study. <laughs> we are the hand that guides the great crossword pencil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's hilarious. All right. Caleb, really quick, let's see if we can come up with a name for it. Oh, yeah. Um... L- Lethal Puzmony 3? <laughs> Lethal Puzzmany three. Um, that means we have to make two other games. Right. This has yeah. to be a. This has to be a. Um, a third installment. It was triplets in the womb, but it was so powerful <laughs> that, it that it just consumed twins one in vitro. And yeah. <laughs> I would love to see like a new franchise start with three, and at the press conference, they're like, "Why didn't you do one and two? And it's like we had internal teams working on one and two that were devoured by the powerful team behind three. Yeah, I love that. Those game concepts, <laughs> we we leapfrogged them. Uh, um, that's I, I think game companies should be should should be talked about like like mythological figures of old, where it's like he's just too powerful. We can't stop him. Larian Studios, <laughs> unstoppable. I, I've got one more name for you, Caleb. Okay, Puzmumpthony Gate. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. Puzmumpthony Gate. The harder to pronounce, the better. <laughs> All right. Well, I would like to congratulate the winner of True Game of the Year 2023. God Emperor Game of the Year. Pubs Monthly Gate. Oh, the truly. Yeah, throw the three at the end. Pubs Monthly Gate the third. (laughs) What if we just threw threw a four in just to confuse people? Oh, just to throw people off? Pubs Monthly Gate four. (laughs) Okay, well, let's let's lean into it. Pubs Monthly Gate Omega. I love it. Because this is the God Emperor game of all games. <laughs> Puzzmuffin Gate Omega. Um, this does sound like something that the team behind Persona would make. Yeah, I was um, just going to say, I was like, <laughs> this is, we're, you know, we're going to have to release a portable version. We're going to have to release a uh, remaster, like a two years out remaster. We're going to have to release uh, yeah. an ultimate, like an Ultima version. <laughs> 
All right, crisscross applesauce version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Puzzmumpany Gate Omega Reborn Rebirth. <laughs> yeah. The movie. <laughs> The movie. We got to do a film installment. It's too yeah, good. Of we got to find yeah. a way to make money off this thing. Yeah, we'll get all of the Baldur's Gate three voice actors to come be screen actors for us. Yes, let's poach them. Uh-huh. Considering that we will have made the better game, they're going to be like Larian Studios. Yeah, people won't even remember Baldur's Gate three after Pumas Month and Gate Omega. <laughs> and with that, I think we did it, Caleb. I think we did it harder than we've ever done it. <laughs> We're doing it as hard as we possibly can, Dwight. You and I doing it hard and fast. Oh, man. 2023 can officially end now that we've gotten this out of the way. So, listener, thank you for joining us on this journey to create 2023's perfect game. Caleb, before we uh, before we move on to a new year, I'm curious, any quick things you want to shout out, games, movies, chimeras that you think our listeners might enjoy yeah as far as games go i have just spent a couple hours like six hours on caves of cud caves of quad i'm not sure how to pronounce it i i I like quad but i i I don't like the implication of cud but i how about case of cood case of cood uh yeah that's that's all right it's not how it's spelled but also it's spelled in nonsense yeah it's spelled in nonsense how do you pronounce q u d anyways that's what I'm wondering. That's the yeah. confusing thing. D- uh, developers of Caves of uh, of Quad, let me know. I like Caves of Quad. I think I'm going to stick with Caves of Quad. Cool. It is excellent. It's a very fun... It, it's Okay, it's niche. It's not very approachable. It's a RPG, old school style, procedural in some ways, not procedural in others. It's not for everyone. It's very analog, but the vibes are excellent. It feels like what it might have been like to play a deep sprawling and mysterious game on an old computer monitor with scan lines. Hmm. It's back when they called it the Macintosh. Back when they called it the Macintosh. It's pretty cool. I, I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's I, I'm really only six hours in and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface, which is an amazing feeling. It truly feels like I'm on the precipice of like some gigantic mystery. Yeah. You introduced me to at least the Steam page for this game a while ago. I've never played it, but it looks fantastic. Listener, go look up on Steam, Caves of Q-U-D, Quad, because uh, it really does look like they're doing something special with that one. Yeah, if, if you're too daunted by Dwarf Fortress, which is another like, oh, yeah. super scary, massive game. With like ASCII-ish art. Yeah, go to Caves of Quad instead, because I think it's a bit more approachable, and you have more agency in that game. I'm gonna. I've been playing two games and very much enjoying them. Okay. Uh, Majora's Mask, a game that I like narrowly missed playing as a kid because I loved Ocarina of Time. We own Majora's Mask, but my brother played it and I never got around to it. So now as an adult, it's my first time playing through Majora's Mask. I think I'm a little bit over halfway through it and really enjoying it. It's really pretty awesome. It like scratches a major itch for me. Um, wait, yeah. Wait, yeah. Where are you at? I am in the bandits, not the bandits, the pirates hideout, finding eggs. So I got my Zora mask. I'm Zoraing around. I'm floating, swimming, I'm egging. It's pretty cool. I will say that this is the first time I've played a Zelda game and realized that like the majority of what a Zelda game is, at least back then, was basically an adventure game that isn't point and click. Yeah. You are going around solving adventure game puzzles, but without your mouse. Yeah, yeah. So some of the frustrations of a a classic adventure game are present here. Like, what item am I supposed to combine with what character? Or, like, which specific place am I supposed to go back to with which item? Yeah. Um, So I've had to look up some guides. Uh, But the other... I've still been loving it, for the record. The other game I've really been loving, but I just started playing it today, and I have a feeling I'm going to shotgun it and finish it ASAP, is a little game called Hypnospace Outlaw. Yeah, yeah. I have heard two of my good friends, Dwight and Eric, are playing it now, and it it feels like they are on like a hallucinogenic <laughs> shroom trip, and I'm just kind of there, and I, I, I'm starting to wish that I drank the Kool-Aid with them, you know? <laughs> It is bizarre. It definitely put me in a bit of a, an existential panic today because I drank too much coffee and was too caffeinated to be playing this game. And it was like perfectly overcast. So I like went on a walk and was listening to Vaporwave and thinking about Hypnospace Outlaw. And 
I wouldn't have been surprised if I just like immediately backroomsed myself. Nothing felt real. No, it was still a very pleasant game to play. Out of this world, extra dimensional. Oh, I should explain what it is. You are in an alternate version of the 90s, an alternate version of the early internet, right before Y2K, where you are a moderator and your job is to find different internet crimes that people are committing and report them and remove their content from the internet. So you're just going to different homepages and navigating to people's individual like GeoCities style pages or like looking for places where they've like copied pictures of like Winnie the Pooh type stuff and taking it down because that's not legal. So it's all very silly in the way that it's parodying modern internet culture and classic internet culture. There's like conspiracy theorists and like moms who are upset because they don't understand free speech very well (laughs) and people who are like way too religious in like a really creepy way people who are like extremely distrustful of teens and teens who are sexually harassing each other and it is hysterical at least half the websites are like just jokes like they're just like an elaborate punchline um it had me like laughing out loud pretty constantly today it sounds like it could almost be a papers please like where you're going through and like checking people's information and like things can slip through the cracks is it like that at all it is entirely like that papers please is probably the closest game i have played to this in that you are kind of like doing you're like looking through information to uh be like to moderate it like can you can you lose nah not really okay can't really lose like you can like flag something and then learn that you shouldn't have flagged it and nothing really happens to you. You you failed the, in- the the internet community as a whole by making it a worse place because you have failed to catch <laughs> copyright infringement. Right. Well, and it also asks the question of like, the things I'm doing to moderate people who are just like kind of being normal and not hurting anybody is really pissing them off. Am I really making the internet a better place by doing all this moderation stuff? There's a, a surprisingly complex web of characters and events going on so i don't want to wax poetic too much on it because i'll probably have an update on the next episode but really enjoying hypnospace outlaw uh check it out check it out that's my 1999 voice we didn't do any goofy voices on this episode which is too bad until just then it's because i'm in my in-laws house and i'm like afraid of being too loud on this recording yeah. <laughs> i don't want them to know that their daughter married a podcaster you know god forbid she actually is in love with someone who makes podcasts my mother-in-law who i really enjoy and i'm good friends with uh, does listen to the show sometimes and she listened to our stardew valley episode and quit in the first five minutes because she had no idea what jojo was <laughs> so <laughs> i was like kind of glad i'm like it would have gotten more confusing from there before we started joking <laughs> on each other <laughs> exactly <laughs> Anyways, that's our episode for today. We'll see you next year. In the meantime, go wishlist my game Hello Again on Steam. It is a puzzle adventure game about time loops. You can play a free demo if you want to check it out. And when we catch you next time, probably two weeks from now, we will be doing Skyrim for real this time. For real, we're doing Skyrim. Last episode, we said we were going to do Skyrim for the winter vibes, but then Christmas happened. We got too busy and we just couldn't make it work in the schedule. So plan is to regroup come back and do a proper full-length episode on skyrim uh we had some interesting ideas of alternate ways to play the game and discuss it so those will definitely be reflected in our conversation we also talked about streaming it i don't think that's going to happen but sometime next year we would love to get a stream going sometime uh, yeah so this is the yeah the end of the first year of hey we fixed your game and it's been an awesome ride this has been a blast to do with you dwight and it's meant a lot to get to spend some time to talk to you and to get to play games together. It's made my life better. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the listeners out there show your support, leave some comments, show your support by hopping on backlogged and rating Puzmumphony gate Omega with five stars. We, we would love to hear from you guys and who knows, maybe a stream could be a thing that we do one day. Yeah. If you would like to get in contact with us, uh, we don't check it very often, but our email is heywefixyourgame at gmail.com. I think we also have an Instagram account now. We do have an Instagram account that is checked regularly. So if you want to DM us on Instagram, it's all coming online. So 
Join us in the hypnospace. Yeah, we're, we're booting up our hypnospace devices. It's a new year, Dwight, and I, I want to acknowledge that we're going into it together. Mm-hmm. Podcast buddies till the end. True. This is going to happen. We love doing it, and we're going to keep doing it. So <laughs> Amen. here's to another great year of Hey, We Fixed Your Game. Yeah, and we'll see what chimera we come up with this time next year. Hey, We Fixed Your Game was created and produced by Dwight Davis and Caleb Connor. The music you're hearing right now is the song Austin by Zachary Wilson off of the album Chip Off the Old Block. You can find more of Zachary's music on streaming platforms of your choice, or you can find Zachary's website linked in our show notes. Thank you for listening. Thank you.